Welcome to the NIL Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jamara Mitchell. The NIL Spot Podcast is an educational space for student athletes, parents, coaches, and sports professionals. Here we will talk about the importance of name, image, and likeness. We will also discuss and understand the grind of the student while being a student athlete and their responsibilities. Join me every month as we go for a thorough analysis of NIL and its prospects for parents, student athletes, coaches, and brands, as well as the need for athletes, both amateurs and professionals, to grow and sustain their brand. Welcome to another episode of the NIL Spot Podcast with Dr. Jam. So as with anything that has to do with NIL and the NCAA, the last two years have been a ride thus far, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. According to The Athletic, major changes are coming to the National Letter of Intent program in college athletics, and those changes are not far behind. They are starting in 2024. With these changes, the transfer portal and the intent letter coming up, I couldn't help but talk about the transfer portal, NIL deals, and how NIL and the transfer intersect to bring about maximum benefits to student athletes to capitalize on. So for years, high school prospects have signed their national letter of intent at the end of each recruiting cycle, tying them officially to that school. Typically, there are penalties for breaking a national letter of intent without gaining a release from the institution that the athlete signed to. It's like a punishment for breaking a bond or covenant that was sealed, but that appears to be changing. The Collegiate Commissioners Association, which has overseen the National Letter of Intent for nearly 60 years, is set to implement several changes that will go into effect during the 2024-2025 recruiting cycles. Per The Athletic, some of the reported changes include National Letter of Intent penalty will no longer apply if the signee requests a release because of a head coaching change. National Letter of Intent penalty won't apply if the athlete leaves after one academic semester or quarter. Four-year transfers will also be able to sign a National Letter of Intent after entering the portal. Now, they do not have to do this, but signing a National Letter of Intent would trigger a recruiting ban. Some of the penalties that have been in place will still stick. Prospects will receive a National Letter of Intent penalty if they request their release outside of the circumstances that I just explained. And a release isn't granted by the school with whom they have signed. It 
it happens, the athletes in question would have to sit out for one year of completion and complete one year of residency at their new school. The new changes are expected to align better with the way the NCAA now deals with the transfer portal rules. So in 2021, they had already made changes as to how the transfer portal rules allow players to transfer once seeking a waiver for immediate eligibility. Now it is how athletes can now seek a waiver for immediate eligibility at a new school after a head coaching change, no matter how many times they have transferred. That's why I needed to discuss the transfer process, portal, and how it works with NIL. So the NIL policy has already given college athletics a shakeup with its new law being implemented into the NCAA. With this policy, student athletes who previously committed to schools are changing their minds and going elsewhere. So take for instance, Carmani McLean, a top ranked player in the 2023 football recruiting class who flipped to Deion Sanders and the University of Colorado after initially pledging to the University of Miami. Meredith Geisler, who is a visiting assistant professor of sports management at the George Washington University School of Business, says it best, NIL and the transfer portal have forever ever changed the landscape of college athletics. The playing field has been leveled between colleges and between player and coach. So you may be wondering, why the transfer portal, Dr. Jam? Well, some players enter because they truly want a change of scenery and the opportunity to play elsewhere. But for some of the top talent in the country, the portal has become the NCAA's equivalent to free agency. So this means there are more bidding wars and negotiations and of course the thrill of the transfer portal. I hope you know it was once unheard of to think that athletes could just pick up, move schools and earn a financial package in the process. So let me reiterate this. This is the new norm. This is the error for now. Forget about all of the noise about how NIL is ruining the sport. It's really not. And it's not just the sport, but, and it's not just for the student athlete. It is also for the school and for the state to have bragging rights. So sure, schools and their fans all want to win. And of course, they want to stay relevant, but to stay on top of the sport it will, of course, mean that you have to dominate the transfer portal by using NIL related resources. So before bragging rights went to, of course, the top schools with the money that they had on hand without any real compensation or payment to the students who risk their bodies every day to be the best and play well. Well, now that's changed. Support for student athletes is now paramount. So schools have to get their ducks in a row and make sure 
that they offer as much support as possible. So as we're talking about ducks in a row, we're going to move into the topic of alignment and fundraising and how it is crucial. So trying to identify the cultural fit, talent, and market value of players will be an uphill climb for most programs when the transfer portals are open. The windows start when the coaching staff is starting to jump into bowl game prep and closing out their high school recruiting class. But some recruiting departments already identify the player they want to go after well before the bowls are over and the high school recruiting class is complete. So LSU coach Brian Kelly says, people that are free agents are anything like you better know the guys that are from your areas that you are interested in looking at. So I think it expands your personnel department and puts more of an emphasis on understanding players that are in their programs. For all the work happening inside a personnel department to identify fit and talent, NIL collectors are doing everything to raise funds and project a market value for athletes. With the NCAA's latest clarification, schools are not allowed to publicly assist in promoting fundraising efforts. Most booster-driven NIL collectives have been pushing for donations more than ever. Crimson and Cream, which is one of the two NIL collectives approved in Oklahoma, did a large-scale fundraising campaign of about $3 million in about 30 days. Tennessee, that's a potential college football playoff place, did a campaign to Vols fans to get into NIL. Okay, sure, we know that most of the money raised isn't going to athletes as an upfront payment, but at least is a signal financial commitment players will receive when they land in the school. When the port, when the portal does open, the few days are usually an opportunity for players to potentially renegotiate a deal or ask for cash from parties aligned with their current institution. That's why players have been announcing their intention to enter the portal, even though the action won't probably start until December. What's the idea behind student athletes announcing their intent? Well, Dr. Jam is here to tell you it is simple to have a bargaining chip in their current programs. Even an SEC staffer has said it's a negotiating window with your current team. So when you get to where you want to be, you can pull out and come out of the portals and go back to your school. Going into the transfer portal, then jumping back out is a tactic to hold students accountable and pay them or pay them more. 
So you may be wondering, how can transfer players take advantage of NIL opportunities? Well, let's look at the case of Jordan and Addison. When Jordan Addison decided to officially transfer from his school, he, was, he set off in an arms race. It was because of the talent and the NIL potential he commanded. He was also the perfect case study of what meshing the transfer portal and NIL meant for college athletics. Days before he officially entered the transfer portal, reports broke that Pitt suspected USC of tampering and he had also signed a NIL deal in Los Angeles. Following his commitment to USC, no proof emerged that he signed a deal with the Trojans. This is to show that rumor after rumor had an impact on portal decisions simply because of a player's NIL deal. If a deal was on the table, the move was a major win for Addison. His media market size grew exponentially overnight. The NCAA recently released data in January of 2022 on the trends from the transfer portal. In 2021 alone, FBS football saw 7,425 undergraduate athletes enter the portal. Of those players, 50% found a new home while 7% withdrew and stayed in their original institution. Another 43% are still in the portal, have transferred to a non-NCAA school, or left the sport entirely. The numbers will only continue to rise, meaning the role of NIL would become prominent to the transfer portal. So maybe you're like, okay, Dr. Jam, what is the transfer portal? You've told me about it, but I don't even know what it is. So I probably should have started with that, but let me talk about it now. You have heard me say, of course, transfer portal a lot. The NCAA transfer portal is in college sports. The portal itself is a compliance system that was created in October of 2018 by the NCAA to streamline the process for student athletes wishing to transfer from their institution. An athlete enters the portal by going to their school's compliance department and telling them they wish to be entered. Some schools ask the players to notify their coaching staff and some do not. But once an athlete has a conversation with the compliance department, the school has 48 hours to enter the name into the database. Schools can not deny access or hold up the process. They can only push it off a day. The moment the name enters the portal, institutions are free to contact the individual unless they are labeled as do not contact. Another option that has become popular for athletes to enter the portal following the season are amid a coaching change, but that doesn't mean they are leaving. The portal includes every sport, so a football coach could track basketball player transfers, but 
a school's compliance department and one coach from each staff, each sports staff have a login or a specific email address to enter the portal. Before the establishment of the portal in 2018, student athletes were required to ask their coach for permission to contact other schools. Coaches were allowed to de deny their requests, meaning athletes then had to make their case to the school's athletic director. The athletic director has the power to deny the student. The student may have had to request the school's designated administrator like a dean of students who may or may not turn down the appeal. The final step would be to appeal to a committee of professionals on campus and other students. Another crazy part of the old system was that when athletes identified the school they wanted to attend, the school's former the former school's compliance officer had to fax or scan over email a transfer tracer document to the schools the athlete wished to explore. So after all of that, then we moved into the one-time transfer rule. So the one-time transfer rule was ratified as a rule change in April 2021, and it went into effect for the 21-22 academic session. This allowed athletes who have not yet transferred the ability to do so one time in their college career. It had previously been available to some athletes except those in football, basketball, baseball, and men's hockey. The exception counts for athletes who transfer after graduation too. The NCAA had previously permitted athletes who had graduated to transfer to be immediately eligible. If a student athlete now uses their one-time transfer as an undergrad, the athlete was no longer eligible through the, excuse me, the athlete is no longer eligible even though they can apply for a waiver. The, for athletes to utilize their transfer portal, they must meet the following. Leave their current four-year school academically eligible, have not transferred previously from another four-year institution, certified in writing along with their new head coach that they did not have direct or indirect communication with the new school's athletic staff before entering the NCAA transfer portal. Before this rule became ratified, many transfers didn't hit the markets because of the dated method of communication, the fax machine, <laughs> yeah, right, between schools. So you may be wondering, okay, so you, you told me, Dr. Jim, about the transfer portal. Then you gave me the history of the transfer portal, 
and you told me about the one-time transfer. So how does the portal and NIL intersect? Well, with the installation of the one-time transfer rule coinciding with the first year of NIL across college athletics, there has been a connection between the two. The first signs are were the formation of collectives. There are organizations that are independent of a university that can serve a variety of purposes. Most often, they pull funds from boosters and businesses, help facilitate NIL deals and athletes, and also create ways for athletes to monetize their brands. With its birth in 2021, it was clear that crowdsourcing was not being directed just at the athletes. It was raised for inducements and pay to play in recruiting and the transfer portal. Many coaches have been blunt about their assessment of the portal and NIL intersects with them comparing it to college football's version of NFL free agency. Lane Kiffin said in May 2020 in an issue of Sports Illustrated, how are we not a professional sport? What's the difference? Players making money, they can opt into free agency. We are a professional sport and they are professional players, contracted employees without contracts. So why can't a kid make 10 times what he would have made referencing Bryce James? It should happen all the time. It will. So how will NIL play and factor in what school an athlete transfers to? So here are some things that will play a factor. Of course, the market size and location. It's simple as getting a, a fill of opportunities to capitalize on. The media market, social following and following of the team. The team's social and fan following are crucial to NIL success. Like a historic program, how current and past players have fared in NIL. It's still young, but even though it's still young, there is data out there to make an informed decision. NIL collectives and does it function at a high level? What resources does the institution offer to put athletes at an advantage? So the bottom line is when entering the portal, student athletes need to look out for their best interests. An athlete's college brand can carry with them the rest of their life. So how can a student athlete NIL Valuation be known, social media following and engagement, athletic data, achievements, performance, and media endorsement deals, opportunities, 
and collectives. So thank you again for listening to this episode of the NIL Spot Podcast. I hope you were able to get a little information. Enjoy. Have a great day. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the NIL Spot Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I loved recording it. Please be sure to subscribe so you can get more content. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to your favorite podcast platform and give a positive rating to know more about the show. Or if you want to reach out and ask questions, you can reach me at the NIL Spot on Instagram at the NIL Spot Podcast. See you there.